Hey, Verbivores. Happy New Year and welcome back to the Verba Coffee Chat Podcast. In this episode, Ryan sits down with Ed Schlickenmeyer, CEO of the National Association of College Stores, to chat about what the new year holds for campus stores. Hear what innovative ideas are capturing the attention of NACs, insights on how campus stores will continue to evolve, and what to expect at the reimagined CAMEX 2021. So Ed, thanks for taking the time to join our coffee podcast. Uh, I'm drinking a Red Bull, but maybe I'll switch to coffee. Um, I do have my coffee, so so we're legit. Excellent, yeah. So Ed has been with the industry for how many years now? A little over 35 with the 35 years, all right. I'm getting up there myself at uh, now 12. So thank you. And Ed and I have known each other since I was a complete neophyte in the uh, college textbook world. And uh, Nax was an early supporter of Verba. So I continue to have gratitude for that. Thank you, Ed. Oh, you're welcome. Obviously, the pandemic has been a huge thing impacting stores. What will happen to college stores in the next one to three years? What about the changes as a result of the pandemic will remain? You know, what might go back to normal? What is normal? Yeah, well, right. I mean, that's the biggest question, right? What is normal? My most optimistic answer is that we're going to see a resurgence of the independent store, in part because of the economic pressures put on you know, the two big leasing companies, them having to really rethink what their portfolio looks like as it relates to, you know, meeting stockholder expectations. So that, I think there's this opportunity, certainly I think with some administrators that are really questioning, you know, how come my colleague's store, which is independent through this pandemic was open, was serving folks, was, you know, working with the likes of Verba Vital Source to make sure my students had content or e-commerce products virtual grad fairs, you name it, right? All the things you just referenced there or alluded to that the stores were doing. And meanwhile, some of the stores under lease management were closed uh, or there were, you know, increasing criticisms and complaints. And so this is not about anti-leasing, but it is, I think it's caused in what I've been hearing and talking to different administrators is it's causing a bit of a mental reset. People are starting to think, you know, my store was really valuable. Next did some research in March and then repeated it in May. And, and it was fascinating to me that 47% of the students said they had not been contacted by their institution to check on their mental health, their adaptability to being forced into remote learning, those kind of things. Oh, wow. But they also cited that their point of contact was the store because they could call the store and say, I'm having difficulty accessing this digital content. Can you help me? Or, you know, I'm going to graduate and, and I'm really missing out on, you know, the frames and the memorabilia. So there was this actual relationship with the store and the student that was feeling on an island and isolated, right? And those are really positive stories, but that was happening because of the independent store, because they were there and that's, you know, they take that mission seriously. So, so I'm back to, you know, my most optimistic view is I think we'll see some resurgence of, of stores coming back to being independent which I think will then strengthen the industry, you know, even more because there'll just be more stores that are, you know, those examples. Uh, And I would pair with that, that I, you know, the, the next foundation and and the next project, the standards project is, is generating a lot of excitement, both with administrators and with several stores. And so I think, you know, having something to build a foundation on, no pun intended, Mm -hmm. uh, and to, you know, to sort of keep everybody grounded to what, what's a reasonable expectation for a store, I think will also help all these independents, you know, sort of come to some common ground about moving forward more in unity than, you know, letting the individual niche differences 
you know, yeah, keep them I, isolated. The student is the customer of the whole institution, but Absolutely. I think the entity that has the greatest respect for the customer might be the college <laughs> door because they really are like customer service is our number one. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's funny you mentioned that, you know, some of the things that they want to graduate with a lot of the physical memorabilia that you would have of your college experience, the place that you would get it is the college door. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, we've seen some uh, interesting recent developments in the industry. Barnes and Noble announced a partnership with uh, Fanatics and Lids on their general right. merchandise. Not all the details are out necessarily about the relationship exactly how it seems to be that Fanatics is going to take over the e-commerce general merchandise and Lids, which runs like spirit store type things, is going to have some greater role in, I don't know if it's managing, but choosing the inventory. Maybe they own it and sell it. And Barnes Noble will maintain the relationship they have with the institution, of course. What do you think about that? Contrary to what I just talked about, uh, you know, with administrators, I do think that it, it's going to serve as a little bit of a carrot on a stick, if you will, for some of the mid-sized to larger institutions, the, the executives at those institutions, uh, somehow thinking they can align with the bigger brands like of fanatics and lids and whatnot, which which will drive income. But I think I think what when I read it, what it called to my mind was this is really the opportunity for the stores to start making sure that that the store is managing the entire process, which is means hugely effective course materials management. And it's not about, you know, the buying and selling of textbooks. It's partnering with companies like Verba Vital Source to manage the necessary relationships to, to ensure the student is well served. And mm -hmm. it gets back to because that mindset of the store is, is historically, traditionally, and continues to be around customer service, right? And so I'm calling out the course materials part because that's the part where you start to get these disparate models, right? I mean, fanatics can only control certain things, but when institutions, certainly administrators understand the importance of, hey, my store is actually serving these students, it's helping with retention, it's helping with recruiting, it's helping with matriculation, you know, all of those things. And, and I think that's the part where, you know, that complete package that's tailored to the, to the micro environment, right? The micro environment being the institution's environment is really going to be the winning factor when it's all said and done. Yeah. In a way, I think it could point to some of the greater value of the independent store, because now, you know, if you, you can lease out your store and, and that kind of arrays it with a constellation of large companies that are already in the space that already have their own stores that they sell these things in. And they just want to sell those things in your college store, or you can have an independent store and it can really show off what it can do specific to your institution, reflecting your culture and not just reflecting, but just allowing for a distinct brand. It's so inspiring to hear how campus stores were the main point of contact for so many students during the pandemic. Keep listening as Ed shares how the NAC Standards Project will help campus stores benchmark and deliver on key industry metrics. So on, on the potential resurgence of independent stores, I mean, our industry has faced this, the growing acceptance of the leasing model that just every year has taken a percentage of stores. And sure. you know, as those years have compounded, we, you know, it's now there are fewer independent stores than there are lease stores. It's always struck me that one of the difficulties of getting a store to go back to independent, and Nax has had some success working with 
a few that have decided to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I think Vassar is one notable example. How can Nax help with that? I feel like some of them are just like, well, we lost our store managers and now we don't have the expertise. How would we even take it back? Or is that not yeah. a problem that you see? In my view, it's a perceived problem. Mm-hmm. And in part because you're, you're, you're referring to administrators who have had multiple years, in most cases, of not having to deal with those things as it relates to the store, if the store was leased, right? That was somebody else's problem. So, you know, this notion of taking the store back is, is a little bit of a foreign concept to them because it's just a, it's just a world they're not familiar with the details and the minutia. And, and so they allow themselves to get overwhelmed. So I, I think th- there's a few things that we're already doing. You know, our consulting service is actually working with that. And, you know, we've got a couple of clients right now that, that we're in the process of finalizing, but they're doing exactly that same thing. And it, and it also alludes to what I referred to earlier. There, there are campuses where they just could not reach agreement for a contract renewal mm-hmm. to the campus's satisfaction. And so they decided to take their store independent. But I think part of this is, you know, it's the consulting, it's it's being able to get with administrators and really helping them understand these are the challenges, but here's how you can overcome them and, and, and give them a playbook, if you will, right? And, and to be a resource. What we're finding with a lot of administrators is while they don't know, they're willing to do it. They just, they want, one, want to know how, and two, they just want a resource to turn to and say, hey, I've got this question. Can you mm-hmm. help me? I referred to the standards project, and that's the other thing. We have some some really strong um, administrators on the various committees and councils that over, oversee the development of the standards, and some that are coming out of lease environments. And, and what's really helping with that is that too will become a playbook. Uh, and so an administrator can say, okay, I can do this, and I also now have an ongoing resource that I can say, and this is what I should expect. Uh, and ideally, these standards will go to, here's what I should expect from my lease company as well. Yeah, that would be great. I love I love projects that improve for independent stores and that holds the leasing companies to a, to a higher standard. I think that yeah. a lot of innovations that were kind of brought forward by the independent stores. One oh, recent notable example is like inclusive access. And now that's oh, yeah. so much of the growth for the lease companies as well. Absolutely. Ed, the, the big standards project, could you give a brief description of what its objectives are, what the standards are, and how it works? So the standards project is, is something that quite frankly, many people think is long overdue. And, and really what it boils down to is to tear into every, what we call core competency of what it takes to manage a store and to provide good resource information around what a store manager should expect as the result and to provide resources on how to achieve those results. In the financial section, it's not as much around you have to hit this number or this benchmark, but it's you know, making sure that there are processes and reporting taking place that, you know, that cover a wider range of financial measures so that we can ensure that people who are responsible for the financial management of the store clearly, you know, are able to understand those metrics and deliver on those metrics. And then we can always backfill. And if your metric is here and the average of the industry is above that, then here are some steps you can take or what other stores have done to improve that number. We're basing it and building it on what's called the Council for the Advancement of Standards in Higher Education. So that is an organization into itself. And currently they have like 40 some organizations that all have standards. And what we found is that College stores, in particular, uh, food service is another one. A lot of the, a lot of the auxiliary units all got rolled into just sort of general auxiliary standards, which are. Mm-hmm now somewhat archaic because they, they don't cover what needs to be covered. So in, in these cases, a standard is you must do this or you should do that. 
yeah. and, it, and it guides stores to, if I'm doing all the musts, then I'm, I'm, I'm running a good store. And if I'm doing most of the shoulds, uh, and there will be reasons on any campus that, you know, something can't happen because of the culture of the campus, the environment, the, who knows. Uh, but, it, but it really becomes a roadmap for everybody. The, the overall purpose then is to tie our education to that, to create readily available, accessible resources. So, you know, I want to improve this area or I need to implement this as a, as a part of the should or the must statement what do I do? And, and to be able to go to a database and download resources, white papers, best practices from other stores. So it becomes a compilation of sort of industry practices that have been vetted by other people uh, or implemented and proven to be effective in their implementation. Uh, and then with all of that, we're able to go to administrators and really talk about, this is what you should expect from a store. It's documented, it's included people, you know, that are in complementary positions to business officers and auxiliary service you know, managers, directors. And so from that standpoint, we can sort of cross-reference and these are all the stores and this is what you can, you know, this is what an independent store is able to deliver. And by the way, if you have a lease store, you should be expecting these kind of results or better. That's what opens the door for that conversation as opposed to, you know, sending out a brochure that says, please don't lease your store. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And uh, that which we cannot measure, we cannot methodically improve. So exactly. I'd say exactly. that the standards are important, whether or not you have a lease store or not. Absolutely. The impact of the pandemic continues to drive the new normal for campus stores. Hear what creative ideas Ed is seeing throughout the industry and what you can expect at the first virtual CAMEX. So Ed, can you talk a little bit about some of the creative ideas that independent stores have have been putting in place to go back to independent or what are some of the highlights that you've seen about independent store activities? Well, I will say through this, you know, this time of pandemic, kind of a proud moment to be a part of the industry. If you've been a guy like me, that's been around for a while, because I've just, over the years, I've seen how stores have adapted, but it oftentimes takes a while. What I really watched, and, and I'm speaking specifically about independent stores, is you know just how quickly they they pivoted and they figured out you know what they needed to do to go serve the students and to you know, what we talked about earlier, uh, you know, which is to you know be there for them and to provide things and recreate experiences that that were otherwise lost because of the lack of physical context. So virtual grad fairs and you know those kind of things. Yes, the pandemic drove some of the, you know, accelerated the acceptance and adoption of digital, but I think it also is starting to see a lot more stores go, you know, hey, this is starting to make a lot more sense. So their, their mind is shifting to a different business model. Mm. Uh, and, and they're shifting to what I believe is, is one of the most critical elements of the store, which is that party, that, that entity that's facilitating the connection between faculty and students, right? It's, it's making sure that what the students need, they get access to. In my mind, it's never really been about the transaction. It's always been about the adoption and making sure that all that information was collected and then the right parties were made aware of that information in order to pair student and faculty together to create a great academic and learning experience. Uh, and so that's what I'm watching more now. And it's not that stores are doing it begrudgingly. They've been forced into it, no doubt, but they're embracing it. The traditional margins and all of those kind of things, you know, aren't as important as making sure I fulfill my role as a store that supports the academic mission. The challenge with that, though, is that you still have administrators that want to serve students and they still want a financial return. One of the next big challenges is really helping change that conversation and make institutions really define what it, what is it that you want, not just from your store, but I mean, if you want affordability, if you want first day access, if you want, you know, a great assortment of merchandise that's, you know, the window to the world 
yeah. uh, you know, to, to represent your brand, then this is what you're going to get. And, you know, sort of force people to think, force administrators, if you will, to think about the bigger picture as if that's important to the president or president's cabinet, then what else on campus, what all do we do to work together to make this happen and, and make it a reality? Because ultimately everybody wins at that point. Uh, and I'm seeing stores increasingly not only have a seat at the table, but leading that charge. I'm seeing stores reaching out to libraries and academic IT and those kind of things, as opposed to waiting for the phone to ring on their side. For sure, they're getting more active in those relationships. In terms of new business models, I've been very excited about the equitable access models. I've worked closely with the UC Davis stores on it. And I think that potentially provides some path for stores to maintain the relationship with the faculty on the adoption, but ensure that everyone has a low price and mm -hmm. the default is that students have access to the materials that are required for their course. And everything is more seamlessly digital. You know, that involves working with the library. So if they have the digital license, why not ride on that license? They have enough for the class capacity. Mm -hmm. You know, take out all the work that gets done with outlaying the cash to acquire the books, to have them on the shelves, to potentially sell them, to take returns, to do all that transaction. Like, is that what's so important for the store? Or is it more important to manage that relationship with the student, manage the relationship with the instructor and make what happens between there more seamless that they just get the materials wherever they are on device or in the LMS. Yeah, my view is it's the latter. It, to me, that's, if you get back to what I believe is, is been historically the number one core function of the store besides you know, supporting the, the insignia and the spirit, you know, merchandising has been connecting faculty and student. And, and so, you know, if the library is a better resource than a printed book from a publisher, because the license is already held, if there's not a transaction, you know, let's face it, the you know, university's paying for this license and, you know, with the library. So if they're, if they've already paid for it, this is a collaboration on campus that makes sure that the student is well served and the faculty is well served. Let's talk about Camex. Let's talk about Camex. Uh, all virtual Camex. We're going for it. Can you talk about the process of putting together a virtual conference uh, and what are your expectations for it? What are you hoping for people to get out of it? Yeah, well, it rocked our world, no doubt, to try to, you know, think of, of doing a CAMEX uh, in a virtual environment. Uh, but we've been approaching it is, you know, how do we take what happens at CAMEX and come as close as possible to recreating it in a virtual environment? And so that forced us to take a step back and say, so what are really the important ingredients of a show like CAMEX? You know, certainly there's an educational component and that can be replicated in a virtual world easy enough. Certainly buying is difficult or more difficult than in person. But ultimately, what, one of the things that's important, especially in this you know, pandemic time, is, is making sure that suppliers and stores stay connected. I think really what was, what's driven us mostly with this virtual event is this is clearly an opportunity to reach as many people as possible in the industry that otherwise we would not be able to reach because of travel restrictions, budget restrictions. And, and that became really important, which is why I very intentionally set the registration rates very, very low. You know, store managers are encouraged to, to include other people with their individual logins, you know, to participate and, and to sort of experience not just what Camex, but to get exposure to what's being discussed and what's going on in the industry. Um, it also became an opportunity to really think about, you know, bringing in different kinds of speakers beyond your, you know, usual keynote type speakers, but to really bring in some, some good quality people that, you know, have expertise and backgrounds. 
And how how's the trade show working? The exhibitor can provide, you know, marketing collateral, product explanations, some cases video streaming, and the store side can access that every hour that the show is open, the Camex is open. So from whenever we open it on that Monday to when we close it on that Friday, uh, that's accessible. And then mechanisms within the platform we're using. So the store can request chats. And then we've set, we're setting up a second platform that allows more private conversations. So you can have tables of two, tables of four, tables of six. And those are all private conversations that can take place. Uh, Zoom will be used as sort of the underlying technology for the video conferencing for education for the keynotes and, you know, those kind of things. But it's all within this other platform. Very cool. I love the way that you guys have been innovating around this. I, I think it'll work. I think it sounds productive. And Yeah, I think it will work, too. You know, the, I mean, there's, there's going to be some natural challenges, natural inhibitions to utilizing technology. Uh, and it certainly isn't going to completely replicate what one gets out of an in-person event. The things that we are going to, you know, try to replicate, there'll be evenings open for the state and regional groups to get together and talk among themselves, right? And we'll just, we'll host the platform and, but not be a part of it. Um, I had a request from somebody that said, you know, one of the things I'm going to miss is that I used to get together with a core group of people I, we always attended and connected at Camex. And then after the trade show every day, we would meet out in the hall and we talk about it. Uh, and so it's like, yeah, well, I can set you up a table and a platform and you can get your friends together and you can go do that very same thing. Right. That's and, nice. Um, and yeah, it won't be in person, but what can we replicate? But again, utilizing the technology uh, and it will be a different experience, but at least helps people understand I can still achieve what I wanted to achieve. Uh, well, Ed, thanks for your time. I don't know if there's any other questions that this is a wide ranging conversation. So I appreciate being able to pick your brain. It, it was wide ranging, but I appreciated the opportunity to connect with you again, Ryan. Thanks. Big thanks to Ed and the team at Max for their leadership during these changing times. Make sure to register you and your team for KMX 2021. We can't wait to virtually see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Verba Coffee Chat Podcast. Subscribe today so you know when a new episode is live.